Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. It's, it has been a uh, long and interesting week uh, as the portal has opened and uh, we have been scrambling uh, big shows uh, all throughout the week on uh, Monday. Uh, we had the uh, the portal show on YouTube, uh, and then obviously the recruiting reports. So we've had a lot of stuff out there, uh, but now it's time for the entire gang to gather. Uh, Josh McQuistian, Eddie Radosovich, Bob Prisbillo. As we start things off here, I'm Kerry Murdoch, uh, and uh, I you know there's been a lot of things to talk about in the office. I want to get to when uh, George gets here, but uh, you know it's 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 been a it's been fun. I mean I'll, I'll say that it's it's. I think throwing in some basketball, uh, and we're going to get to that early because Bob's joining us at the start. Uh, basketball last night, uh, you know, obviously I think a lot of people, if they weren't paying attention to OU basketball, uh, they will be now after uh, just dismantling a 7-1 and Providence team. I'll say this, you guys were at the game. Uh, it was very confusing on the broadcast because uh, Providence's, their, their mascot is like, I don't know if that's like a Puritan or a, he's a friar. Yeah, he's a friar. He's a friar. Yeah, friar. But it was like they kept they kept doing the friar and the OU logo together, and I thought, oh, is this like a special about OU going to Haiti and helping people? Like it looked like it was some kind of mission, like mission to Burma. I mean, I don't know what it was, but it looked like it it looked like some kind of uh, community service kind of thing. And every time I came, I was like, oh, that's a basketball game. So uh, the, I have no idea what you're talking. about. I know because you were at the game. I know. I know. Going on. I know. But, uh, everyone else out there watching it on ESPNU last night knows exactly. I what just know they remote, were mad that they weren't broadcast. There. Yes, they were mad bullshit. that they weren't there. Chad McKee was was on remote broadcast last night. It wasn't Chad McKee. Was that not Chad McKee? No, ESPNU ESPN broadcast. Chad, yeah, I guess it was. Just, I guess I just didn't pay attention. Well, I was in the control room, so I didn't really have the audio on all the time. Uh, I didn't really, to be honest with you, I didn't. I thought the crowd was great sounding last night on television. Yeah, it was a really good. I mean, crowd. it wasn't a big crowd, but for, they made some noise I, on OU standards for a Tuesday night tip six off at six game. o'clock. It wasn't big at six. By six thirty, it was pretty packed. Yeah, it was really good, and you know, I think that this is starting to become a team that uh, Bob, we've talked about quite a bit. That you know, they kind of deserve to have a little bit of support. I think it's a fun club. They play are playing a really fun brand of basketball to watch. Uh, by college basketball standards, and you have some guys that, you know, who knows? JV McCollum starting to turn into a guy with a little bit of a national presence. Yeah, and it, last night was a perfect example of you don't need all eight guys to be great. It, you just need at least some of them. And Los and Javian, they carried the day time and time again, not just with the scoring, but those guys had 19 of the 40 boards. You get that from your point guards. Whatever you're instilling in them in practice is like this is what's going to be a key to victory. 
when you see it coming through in a game like that, you know, like the coach has the pulse of this team at least through the first, you know, four weeks of the season. I thought the uh, first ten minutes about as well as they've played all year. Well, I guess maybe the first eight minutes, yes. forcing the five <laughs> turnovers in the first four, jumping out to the twelve point lead. But I was almost more impressed by the way that they responded. Uh, you know, when they did get down forty thirty nine, and then they go back on that run, and it, I don't think it's a coincidence that it kind of started with. It doesn't show up in the box score necessarily, but it was an offensive board. John Hughley, and then he goes to the foul line, gets two, and then it was like, okay, they got recentered back on track. And I thought it was really impressive. I thought it was impressive the way that Otega had a pretty frustrating night, it seemed like. He got a lot of nicky knack kind of fouls. Ticky tack. Ticky tack. What did yes, I say? Nicky knack. Nicky knack. <laughs> That's a dangerous <laughs> word to say. Um, but yeah, like I, I thought Otega, a little bit of growth there in his sophomore season. I have a question. Uh, is JV and McCollum, is he like a, 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 a super fan of like Shea Gildas Alexander? Because oh. he like he tries to play like him. I mean, he well, has we the heard step back Alan game Iverson. And, we heard. Oh my God. Al, I heard that. In the, I watched the post game last night. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, you know, he, I mean, to me, I mean, wearing number two, he's got a headband on. It's like, just feel like he's Love out there. The headband look. I just feel like Love he's the out there. Like, look. Maybe he's at Oklahoma. Because he loves Shea Gillis Alexander. He wanted to come play where he plays. Could be possible. I He's love really the guy, good, though. though. He's yeah. really good. His ability to keep his speed at this level has been very, you know, just a surprise compared to what we saw through the first two years where guys hit the portal, came to OU, like, well, if they're that same type of player, they're going to be really good. And then they, they weren't. He's the, he's the best guy at creating his own shot since who? Austin Reeves. Yeah, he was kind of a bull in a china shop. He was, he was yeah. but he could, he could create something for us. But, I mean, he could create separation. Like, yes. you know, oh, I mean, yeah. step back stuff. Yeah. And, I, I mean, he did have a three. And we he ended up three of seven, I think, at three from three last Yeah, he night. had yeah. a three that we thought was a three turned into a two. When they, that, that step yeah, back. Yeah, had a foot on the line. Yes, that step back was turned into a two. But, so, I mean, essentially, I mean, you know, he, and this team, like you said, I mean, athletic, I mean, it's just the way that they – you could tell Providence was not prepared for how athletic they were last night at the start of the game. I mean, when it got out to whatever it was, 13 nothing, they kept turning the ball over. Uh, Oklahoma's hands were very active, uh, and they just couldn't – they could not run an offense against that defense that they were facing. Yeah, and it's funny because OU wasn't all that sharp in that department either. 15 turnovers, yeah. but – 33 to 11 run to end the game. Final 15 minutes. And a lot of that was because of the defense. They recognized they needed to get back to who they were during the first half. And they did a great, did a tremendous job. I think moving forward, and we'll see here coming up against Arkansas on Saturday. And, you know, obviously you got Armando Baycott coming up in North Carolina two weeks from today. But I still Baycott think that there's. Still there. Yeah. Yes. Money, money, money. There's still some question marks about execution offensively in the half court as well as I think that you know as good as John Hughley and uh, Sam Goodwin have been or Godwin God uh you're gonna I they're gonna hurt inside when they play somebody really really good and that was a wake-up call I thought for Hughley Odoro's not like a big name but he played like John does and it took a while for like John didn't have that type of game that he's had where he's just been a bully and he's gotten 10, 12 points just because he's bigger and stronger than the other guy that's in the post with him. That was a kind of a, okay, I got to be better 
when I'm going against someone like Baycott here in a couple weeks. I kind of find uh, Rivaldo Suarez and Latre Dartard to be two really big pieces for this team. Once you get into conference play, too, that if they can just be consistent, yep. they don't have to tear up a box score, do little things. This team, I can't remember the last time OU had a team that could create second-chance opportunities for themselves. And a lot of their run last night came off of offensive rebounds and just being in the right spot on the defensive end that would lead into uh, transition buckets. One thing that I don't think that I've ever seen happen last night in a college basketball game, they didn't have an under-four timeout. No under-four media timeout. straight through it. And they were gassed. They were talking into the uh, tired legs there. It's crazy. Now, because Providence and OU had both used their use it or lose it timeout. I know people are like, why don't they call a timeout? Well, you want three timeouts going into the second half. And both teams had called it. And we just never got to what we were whistle happy initially. They called everything and, at the and beginning then it of the just game. went away. And then they <laughs> called nothing at the end of the first half. And they let them play in the second half even, too. Yep. By the way, uh, someone else apparently is shopping for Shea Gilles Alexander in Oklahoma City. Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. Yeah, he represents them now. As Doing what? Oh, her brand or whatever. Like the clothing Cloth- line. She has like a men's clothing line? I don't know if it's a clothing line as much as it is. It, it was That photo shoot was for something that he was in. He, Variety or Vanity. One, one of the magazines. They did a big photo shoot in Oklahoma this City. This is Shea Gilgis Alexander by Kim Kardashian. Was she taking the photos? No. I don't think that Kim came through uh, OKC. Well, maybe if she's... Yeah, it's... They debuted that a couple weeks ago. She did, like, an interview with them. He sat down with her and answered a bunch of bullshit questions. It was... It's (laughs) kind of weird. I'm sure it was a hard-hitting interview. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What is your favorite thing to do before a game? (laughs) Would you like to date me for a while? Well, she... He fits into uh, her demo, for sure. Please, SGA, stay away from Kim... (laughs) Please, for all of us. Big game for the We don't Thunder. need that around. All right. Uh, so, moving on, you said Arkansas coming up Saturday. Be okay. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Very excited about They are basketball. playing very well. They beat Duke. They're I mean, six and three, so you don't know what the heck you're getting from Arkansas. Yeah, they've been up and down. Their net rating as of last week was like 65 or something. But after they beat Duke, they are starting to play a little bit better. I think just from watching them during Feast Week and then the Duke game, Turnovers have been a big issue yeah. for them as they're of late. Under underachieving, if they're not focused, they're gonna get beat. But I mean, they've played obviously played well is, against OU in that game last year. Is there an update on uh, Brazil? In his, he turned his ankle on uh, Tuesday night against Furman with like three minutes left. So I didn't know if he was gonna be available or yeah, not. And there's on questions about Monk. Too, How much so are you gambling, just... really? We have to have a talk. Like, <laughs> Why? You know everything there I is love to know about every player. You basketball. do. You do. I don't I deny that. Basketball. But you know so much. Like it's scary because I, I just worry you're getting a little too deep into this. No, I I literally I didn't even bet on the game. I just I was watching Arkansas and <laughs> I don't believe the other that night. for a second. 
Arkansas did cover. There was an injury he didn't like, so he stayed away from the line. He, yeah, he wasn't betting on that game, but he was just getting valuable information for the parlay. He, I was, he needs to I was happy Eddie was watching the Cowboys with me. I didn't know who was watching One of that. the worst technicals of in the all history time. of college basketball <laughs> last Oklahoma night. State Cowboys? Yes. yes. OSU's down three. You need to see it. OSU's down three. Javon Small comes down. He gets blocked, and the guy turns to the bench. They're down by the OSU bench, obviously. And he turns to his own bench, the Southern Illinois right. guy does, and like yells. He like, purposely doesn't he, do it to Small or he to blocked the Cowboys. It. Like there was 11 yes. seconds left in the game. Massive play. And the ref teed him up. Teed him up. <laughs> I've never seen that. Never so seen. OSU had two foul shots which and the made. ball. Which they made. And still found a way to lose. Three and five now in, Oklahoma, in uh, Stillwater for Oklahoma State. Mike Boynton is in uh, massive, massive trouble, it would seem. I... Yeah, I mean, you wonder if they can really afford to buy him out, though. No, I don't think that they can, and that's the problem. Like, it's not changing. And he recruits really well, but the the development's not Development there. is just, I mean, offensively, it is a very, very rough watch. He just happens to beat OU every year, basically. Yeah, they, <laughs> that's how he keeps that's, his job. Porter, yeah, you, better, you better get a couple wins against Oklahoma State this <laughs> yep. year. I mean, they've been beat by Abilene Christian, wow. St. Bonaventure, Notre Dame, Creighton, I can understand. And Southern Illinois, who's not a terrible team, but you should go up to Carbondale and at least win, at the very least. Josh, how are you, sir? Are you still alive? You still I'm good, us? guys. I'm just enjoying all this basketball talk. You know, yeah, it's, it's know exciting stuff. I did buy the domain SoonerHoop.com last night, and I and I forwarded it to SoonerScoop.com. So we're a basketball site now, Josh. It's official. I don't it love really that. does. I don't it love really that does much. redirect. Yeah. To <laughs> I know. I did it myself. Soonerhoop.com now goes to Soonerscoop.com. That's funny. I feel like you had an interesting night, Carrie. Between that, the redirect, and uh, not sure that it was McKee on the call. I mean, that 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 you just you had an evening, sir. I had left here at like ten forty-five yeah, last he, night. I will say he was in the other room. Yeah, I stayed till okay. after the game, and you know, I, I even I was even watching Eddie's. Post game videos. By the time I left here last night, though, no, we've got we're, we're in building mode. We're trying to get ready to. Pierce and I have been planning things out, so we're getting ready to change some things. We won't. I'm look as scared at as you are, Josh. <laughs> look, right. I changed a bunch of stuff last night. It works just fine this morning. The worst thing is we the, the Wi-Fi doesn't work. I, I can't understand the Wi-Fi works for everyone. I didn't but touch one. the Wi-Fi, I know. but it works for everyone but me. He Son of a bitch. Out. We'll keep our eye on the portal for you. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I'm hardwired now. Um, no, but uh, it's been a crazy week, uh, and I think we need to kind of make sense of it. So all these people are entering the portal. It seems like A&M has people coming in left and right. Uh, and, you know, you see guys from Florida. You see, I mean, all the programs that are struggling right now, you see, you know, sinking ships out there a little bit, it looks like. But you're going to see that. You saw that with Oklahoma State last year. I mean, it seems like you find one program. And I mean, I wonder if like Mike Elko came in there. He's like, look, I run this bitch, not you guys. Like, if you don't, if you're not here to to be coached and listen to me, like you might as well leave. And everybody's like, oh, really? We'll take you up on that. Uh, but I mean, seriously out there, Josh, that OU is targeting and has a chance of getting where are we sitting right now? Well, you know, I've been starting to do the um, the individual kind of portal breakdowns, and the, there are several. I think the guy 
that stands out, and I had something about him woke uh, a little earlier this morning, uh, Spencer Brown, the big Michigan State offensive lineman. That's the first uh, the first official visit I'm aware of that has been set, and he will be on campus uh, not this coming weekend, but the December, I guess it'll be the 15th. So he will be there for a visit, uh, a guy with a lot of career starts for Michigan State. It is a right tackle, so it kind of makes sense, you know, with – with the expectation that Jacob Sexton will move back to the left side in 2024. Uh, that's, I think, his more natural position. So if he makes that move, then Oklahoma obviously has a gap at right tackle unless Tyler Guyton just shocks all of us. Um, but I, I like um, I like the where, where Oklahoma is in that. And that's the crazy thing, and I told you guys privately, Spencer and I have been talking since like 2016, and I had totally forgotten about it. Like, as a... Like high school freshman and sophomore, he was messaging me, like sending me his video, which is something that happens all the time. But usually it's not a guy that ends up being a really good player. You know, I'm I'm not saying that's always the case, but generally it's a guy that I never hear from again. And then Spencer Brown obviously has been a multi-year Big Ten starter and uh, now, you know, has caught the attention of Oklahoma. Okay, so... All of these A and M guys that are, are flooding out there, still, still no Mister Hicks coming out. Or uh, yeah, yeah, you got it. Is he out? No, he's no, not. No, no, he's not out. Right, he's not no. out. Neither is Walter Nolan, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It got reported, but he hasn't officially. Oh, so it's put he's not officially in, in the not portal yet. Just okay. yet, not yet. No. Mm-hmm. The the big one, and I want people. I I can tell you, OU is one hundred percent aware of this when it happened fairly recently is the Chase Basantis kid, the big offensive lineman for A&M. It was like a five-star. Uh, I want to say he started the majority of the games for A&M this year as a true freshman. He, yeah, he is an absolute yeah. stud. He started them all. And, um, what would happen yeah, right now, so, Josh? What would happen right now right now, if you saw Bryce Foster enter the transfer portal? No thanks. He's I not don't even good. think anything. Ooh. I, I, it, it hasn't gone well for Bryce. Yeah. I love like Bryce. He's been injured a lot, though, hasn't he? Recruits as a dude. Has he not been What's injured? That? Has he not yeah. been injured a lot? He's he's definitely had some problems. But just talking to some people around, I don't know why it hasn't worked. But it just seems like a, a kid that grew up in the Aggie culture. I don't know why it hasn't fit, but it just hasn't fit. Like something's been off. Um, really from pretty early on like he had a pretty good freshman year and then from then on it just it hasn't fit he he got hurt as a sophomore so you kind of understood that and then I I can't explain it um you know and and his freshman year was uh was was 2021 kind of coming out of that A&M COVID year which was Jimbo's real claim to fame so I, I don't know what to make of any of that but um you know guys they are I, I, you know, we were talking about this before we started. I really thought Mike Elko was going to kind of solidify things. And I, I don't get me wrong. I think Mike Elko is going to be fine. This isn't like, oh, this is he's screwing up or anything. I, he's making some conscious decisions, I think, here. Um, but it's surprising me how much. I mean, they're, they're hemorrhaging. They're they're losing some key, key people. And you've got to think with Walter Nolan, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, and, you know, as a coach, look, you, you have every right to, to meet with a kid and say, you know, he just doesn't fit the culture that I want to build here, no matter how talented he is, talented he is. But at the same time, 
you're not want, you're not willing to do that right when you get there. Like I think if someone's a five star and they have all the talent in the world, the last thing you want is for them leaving before you can even really get in the building. So I mean, I doubt that much could happen to where you just identified this guy's a shithead and I don't want him around here, unless you know he came to you demanding a raise or something from his NIL package. Uh, that's the only thing I could think of. But yeah, I mean, so it doesn't seem like it is per script at this point with as many departures as there have been. Yeah. I mean, guys, do you think there's a chance where, and I can't remember, it was Bob or Eddie said something along these lines, but do you think there's a conversation when Elko comes in and is kind of moving? Because we know like Ohio State, you know, a lot of the big time programs, they don't offer you a ton of money up front. Certainly not the money that we know A&M has been throwing around. It's more once you're here and you're established, okay, we got you. We're, we're going to take care of you. But what flies in the face of that is a guy like Basantis. Like, if uh, th- there's no way they saw him and were like, okay, never mind. We're out on him. Like, he he's doubling his money, if anything. So, because he looks like a future NFL guy. So, I, I don't know. Like, it, there, there's no question that there are some guys l- that are walking out the door that they're not happy or walking out the door. But, I, I wonder if Elko's just saying, like, we're not going to do business in that way. Now, Josh, we can get... Hold on a second. Uh, you know, by the way, you talk about that. Uh, and, you know, Colin Klein was hired as offensive coordinator. It's a strange... I think we all think it's a strange vision. Uh, maybe he needs to go somewhere in Oklahoma City uh, to get a better vision of things. On the way from Manhattan to College Station, he could stop in Oklahoma City and enjoy vision, which is the best laser vision center in Oklahoma City. It's not even close. Combination of mind-blowing technology, experienced eyeball surgeons, and exceptional patient care, which was life-changing for me. What they're doing for the unofficial 40 listener is they're giving $400 off of LASIK. All you got to do is go to enjoywithme.com. That is the letter N-J-O-Y with me.com and use promo code U40. $400 off LASIK with my good friends. Enjoy Vision. This is where you LASIK. It is the Enjoy Vision fresh perspective look around as we continue to look around and sniff around that A&M program. Uh, the Colin Klein hire, Josh, I mean, uh, you look at what they were doing with Jimbo Fisher. You're um, done, Bob. You're not talking anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I've got to drive the show. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm driving the show. Uh, so, I mean, with well, Colin Bob was Klein. was going to say something. Well, we got to move on. I was about the Aggies. Fine. I'm moving on to the Aggies with the offensive side of the ball. I mean, we I can was get back to that. LT Overton. That's all I was going to ask about. Because it's a name that we all recognize for years and years. And then how yep. do you balance star ranking from high school based on what you've been doing actually in college? And will you think there be any interest? I, I kind of don't. I mean, because I don't remember – because that's one of those always those interesting things where we have to gauge what was Brent Venables at Clemson doing because that's a Georgia kid. Obviously, Clemson recruited the hell out of Georgia, and I don't remember Clemson being a huge factor in his recruitment. Now, I might need to go back and check myself a little bit on that, but I don't remember them being over the moon about him at the time. And so I kind of wonder if – Maybe they just don't see that as a fit or whatever. And certainly nothing he's done at Texas A&M says, oh, that's a guy you got to go get. You know, that that's not really he, – he's he's not been bad, but I don't think he set the world on fire by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, according to on three, I don't know that he ever even visited Clemson during his recruitment. So I, I don't know that it, that's a, 
that's all that likely. Um, now, you know, you, you, I guess it would just depend on what they think their numbers are going to look like. But with Ethan down saying he's going to return, uh, you don't want to do anything to impede the growth of, you know, guys like Taylor wine and obviously PJ at So I, we'll see, but, uh, you know, I, I want to let Kerry get to his thing, but I, I don't see anything imminent with LT Overton. Uh, okay. So Connor Wegman, you know, didn't finish the year. That was probably a death blow for, for Jimbo Fisher because he, what he wasn't having a bad year. Uh, and was it Max Johnson? Was that the replacement? Was it Max? The yep, lefty that Max came in. Yep. Um, yeah. Brad Johnson's Brad, kid. Brad Johnson's kid. Um, whose brother's also entered the transfer portal now. Correct. Jake Johnson. And he was the tight end? Yes. Jake is the tight yeah. end. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And he's yeah. – Max is, is he, headed to North Carolina. Anyway, uh, Colin Klein going in there. Like, here's the thing. Like, they threw the ball a lot with Will Howard at Kansas State. And I don't know if maybe Kleiman wanted – to go in more of a run direction or something, or you know, you know, if he wanted to get away from throwing the ball as much, or if it was just a money play, I don't really know at this point. I don't, I don't know if anybody does. Colin but, Klein's getting a ton of money. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, he had Elko had like an eleven million dollar assistant package. Yeah, he's getting a ton of money. So he, I mean, I would imagine. Would you have to pay Colin Klein though a ton of money? You don't have to pay Colin Klein two million dollars. Maybe to get him away from his alma mater, you do. That know. would be my thinking. Is it's exactly. more about how to pull him out of there is where all the money would have to do it. But, I mean, what is that fit, though? It, it, I mean, I, I could see it working, but I could also see it being kind of a signal to recruits, like kind of same old, same old at Texas A&M, kind of a boring offense. I can never decide how much of that offense is born of that's what Colin Klein wants to do. Or that's what you have to do to win at Kansas State because you just are not going to have the personnel to overwhelm everybody. So you're going to have to shorten games. You're going to have to kind of drag Oklahoma and Texas down into the mud with you a little bit and kind of make everything ugly. So I, I, I don't know. I, I think he's pretty creative. And I know, you know, you look at the places that have tried to hire him over the last couple of years. I know Notre Dame made a run at him. Um, he He's had, uh, I think, Penn State. I think he turned down Penn State. So Notre Dame um, last year and Penn State this year. Yeah, yeah. So Penn State got so, called Nicky after Colin Klein turned him down. Supposedly, that's the word. Interesting. Guys, I'd take I'd take Colin Nicky in that. I, I I mean I like Colin Klein, but I think Colin Nicky is a really I, I I just like so much of what they do offensively. I know uh, one gay biker shares your. Your, your opinion of that. What'll, what'll be interesting right. is if uh, Avery Johnson ends up following Colin Klein. Well, that's, I mean, that's the, they kind of chased Will Howard out to I give know. him the job. Yeah, I and know. then you do that, and then he gets it. I mean, man, what be, egg on your face. Pretty cutthroat. It would not be a good, uh, a good play by Kansas State. Speaking of, guys, Will Howard in a Lincoln Riley offense? Can anyone make sense of that? Nope, I cannot. Why do you think he wanted Dylan Gabriel so fast when he entered the portal? I just don't understand the general fascination with Will Howard. Just the overall national like feel for that guy. Well, then why did the other question I have is why did Riley Leonard jump on the Notre Dame stuff so fast? When I wouldn't say that Sam Hartman got noticeably better as a Notre Dame quarterback. Yeah, I think he also got $2 million, though. 
Yeah, so, they got the <laughs> I would Brady Quinn that, collective. Yeah, the, I would imagine there's a lot of money in the uh, in terms of that. Uh, but I mean, the thing about that is, though, I mean, doesn't that isn't that kind of damaging to Notre Dame too? That you're going out and getting a guy with three years left, like you're not doing that through the high school ranks. You didn't, you didn't. And I understand losing Tommy Reese, your offensive coordinator, you lost some continuity there. But at the same time, I don't think there's a lot of big programs that want a three year guy as a as a grad, you know, as a, a portal transfer. Guys, the the thing that, that blo- like Eddie talking about the national narrative. Did you guys like so twenty four seven has their portal rankings? I commented a little while ago about something on three had tweeted out. You know who obviously we're partnered with, and it was like it had a it was their composite rankings. And Will Howard was ahead of Dylan Gabriel by a spot. I was like, I don't know what planet we're living on. Yeah, to make that sort of evaluation. But what it was is it's I, I and somebody pointed out to me. I went back and looked. They have Will Howard as the eighth overall player in the transfer portal, and Dylan Gabriel is number twenty-one, one spot ahead of Kyle McCord. I guess they didn't I, see that crazy. unanimous All Big Twelve list that came out. Kyle I'm McCord. not the world's biggest Dylan Gabriel fan, but that's batshit crazy. And it sounds like Kyle McCord might end up at Nebraska of all places. He's not that good, so yeah. Well, there's no, <laughs> there, there's, me. there's nothing that suggests that you know Dylan Gabriel, the bad games that he had this year, it was you know, I, I think everybody clearly blamed those on Levy's play calling and his aggressiveness. Like Will Howard literally got benched for being bad, and then people didn't I, want him to come back as quarterback, except for the what's the kid's name Avery Johnson or whatever. Yeah. He didn't play well in the next game when he started, so they had to put Will Howard back in there. Like, there's no comparison their two seasons and saying Will Howard is better than Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, that's that's not a thing. Um, Unless you're having I'm some kind of NFL combine I know, in your head. Uh, yeah, I mean, Will Howard's going to look great on a piece of paper because he's just enormous. Um, but guys, like people will point to that Oklahoma State game. Will Howard was had a 44% completion percentage against Oklahoma State through three picks that day at a QBR of 73.7. Dylan Gabriel, you're like, okay, that, that wasn't his best game. He threw for 340 yards and had four uh, – uh, and had like a 151 QBR. Like, it's not the same thing. It's not even close. I just think the whole, you know, quarterback portal, it gets very I mean, the guy from Washington State. Yeah, Ward's I mean, clean he, up. You know, he's he might be the best guy in the portal. And he's got three yep. years left too, right? Everybody says that. I think uh, George Stoy would have a uh, disagreement there. He doesn't he's not a <laughs> Not a fan. fan. <laughs> Gonna have to talk to him about that, I guess. <laughs> let's talk uh Dylan Gabriel. Oregon seems like the leader. Let's, I was I tell you I, what, let's let's table that and wait till George gets in here because I think you know, he's done okay. a lot of stuff on that. Uh, and I don't know, Bob, I know you got to get out of here. I was surprised about some of the stuff that came out on Gabriel. Just yeah, I was too. NFL I was stuff. really yeah. surprised. Uh, all right, Bob, we'll let you get, and uh, I know you got some kid stuff to do, and we'll bring in George uh, and go over some of that. Um, yeah, and so he did have, we should put this out there, he had a press conference yesterday. Uh, well, not a press conference, but a, a function, a charity function. Yeah, he was working with uh, Fields for Future, which I think, you know, this definitely is a little bit of the insight into uh, kind of the character that 
Dylan Gabriel has because he could have easily blown that off. Said, "I'm in the transfer portal. I don't need to go do that." And he, well, I'm sure he was getting paid handsomely for it. You think? Yeah, I mean that's what these collectives are doing. Sure, They're coming up. I mean, I I well, said this I'd like the morning. narrative out there that he's just a really good guy. <laughs> he wanted to help he out is the a kids. really good guy. No, but I mean he's not going to turn down money. Yeah, I mean, uh, so anyway, um, I you know we're going to talk about. We did not get any kind of advance notice that that was happening. I think we're probably on. You know, we're not on the old dying media, you know, list like you know so many people that are that get those notices. People don't know about the internet still. Apparently, those, those I should have probably been more agencies. proactive on that. I knew like Monday morning, but or I mean uh, Tuesday morning, but I didn't really well, think. Thanks for pissing George and I off yesterday. Well, I, I he called did me. Call George. I told I would, him. he called me, and I was out and about and was like not able to get over there in time, and so I was like, "Well, shit. but he called you the morning of, right?" Yes. Yeah. Well, I didn't he's know. saying he's... He, no, I didn't like, know until the morning. It was like maybe 20 minutes before it was happening. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, shit, I can't get over there right now. But but it was it was odd. I mean, some of the things that came out, I, I saw Eli Letterman's article that he wrote on it, and you know, some of the quotes... See, that's it, how you give somebody credit. It, be, um, it becomes more clear, I think, in terms of Dylan's decision, right? Well, it's, it's just confusing to me. I mean, because we haven't talked to him, but he hadn't talked to anybody about it, but the whole thing about... Um, you know, just just not being invited to to the Senior Bowl, yeah. and uh, you know, the, the, we figured his draft status wasn't as good as he wanted it to be. Um, I thought that there was a draft status, though. Yeah, I'm sure it was late second, third. You know, kind of. No, 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 I, no, I, I don't think was, like not drafted. I think yeah. that was the indication. Like, I I think that he is in a spot now where it's like I was planning to go to the uh, NFL and put my name in. But now I really I have no drafted. other. I, I have wasn't. no options. Yeah, Not they were invited to the Senior Bowl. Is that's a, crazy? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Jim Nagy does a great yet. job with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that is that. And, and you, they liked it when they have names there. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts went to that. I mean, is it, that a situation now though that with the new rules in place with the Senior Bowl and you can invite underclassmen to come participate? It it's not just a hey you're a senior you want to come play. It's, which that I always. And maybe this is a bad take, but the Senior Bowl, to me, I don't understand why they're now inviting underclassmen. The point is to invite seniors. Like That's the yeah. point of the whole well, deal. I think that it's everything outside of the game and the practices. Isn't it more so getting one-on-one -on -one and FaceTime with some of these uh, Yeah, but that's what, the com that's what the combine's for. Sure. sure. I mean, the Senior Bowl was supposed to be a reward for guys that you know had the longer careers or whatever and get to go and, and have an extra you know, time with whoever like that. It, the, the point of the senior bowl was for meant for people like Dylan Gabriel. Like that's who it was meant for. Yeah. I was, I was shocked to find out though, that his draft status or his draft grade wasn't basically was non-existent. Good. Yeah. And the fact that he wasn't invited to the senior bowl, I go, Oh, okay. This makes sense. Why he would be entering his name in the portal on top of everything else that's going on on the Oklahoma side, where everybody is ready for the Jackson Arnold era to be. Well, and the part that's, just stupid. It's like some national media being like, I can't believe Oklahoma would want to move on from Dylan Gabriel. And it's like, I you, think I get it to a certain extent, but I also just having been around here, well, and that's not paying like, attention. That it, It's a lot like, and I, I tweeted it on a Tuesday morning. It's a lot like the ESPN blurb that was sent out. That was like Exodus in Norman. When in reality, it makes what we do so important because we're around it every day, and we cover it, and we can put it into context. It's not an exodus. 
Like Nate Anderson, God love him, like him, great hair. It's not an exodus. I mean, other than Dylan Gabriel, the only real contributor that's leaving is Tawi Walker. Key Lawrence is technically a contributor. Key Lawrence, but, but even, I think but that, even him towards the end of the season like wasn't yeah, a I, factor. I, I think that everybody around here feels more confident that the younger guys at the safety position yeah. are going to be a brighter future than what he has. And even Tawi, I mean, as much as he helped the team this year, I think they feel really good about the couple guys they're bringing back and the guys they're bringing in. And you look at some of the offer. I mean, the the kid they offered from UT Martin, you you say, oh, UT Martin. But you look at his tape. I mean, he's a he's a baller for UT Martin. His stats this year were like 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns. I mean, he's a, he can go. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I look at the guys that have entered the portal, and I don't think they've lost anyone too crazy. I mean, Dalen Smothers is a little bit head-scratching, you, you know, because I think they liked him. But also, he damn near quit the team back in August. So Yeah, well, he did for a little bit. I mean, he yeah. went home, so um, and then he came back. And so it's not surprising. It's just one of those guys. It's one like, of those oh, things, okay. like, we heard that he'd left, and I checked in with people, and they're like, yeah, he's gone. Uh, but you also heard, like, it's not a – completely done deal so DeMarco had to kind of massage it and get him back here but it ultimately just didn't work out I mean it, okay back to the Dylan Gabriel thing here's uh Eli Letterman uh selloutcrowd.com he had the story on this and this was the final uh quote and paragraph in his story it says this is from Dylan Gabriel it says I know the experiences throughout my lifetime have built me up to this moment it's been tough to say the least, leaving faces that you love so dearly and were so enjoyable to work with, but it's part of it. I'm grateful for everything. I'm blessed to say that I'm grateful. Now, here's the thing, and, and I understand, I get, like, I'm not telling fans, like, you don't have a, 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 a anything to stand on by saying that this is a mistake. Because, look, if Jackson Arnold goes out this year and has, you know, some some growing pains, and Dylan Gabriel goes to Oregon... And, you know, they're in the college football playoffs or they're, they're Big Ten champs. Like, if Dylan, if Jackson Arnold doesn't play well this year, yeah, you're going to be second-guessed about why you let that happen. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's out there. I mean, it's you've left yourself open to that. Now, that being said, I do get the whole you've got to move on to a guy that's going to have at least three more years that's going to be the face of your program that's going to determine whether or not you are successful in the SEC versus if Dylan stayed another year, it'd be a surprise to him. It'd be a surprise to his family. And I think – I don't know this for a fact, but and we, we can't really say, but I know, George, you've been close to – you know, his camp a little bit, but it's hard for them to say how they would feel if he was coming back because he's not, but it's obvious OU just didn't want to put themselves in that position where they could lose a Jackson Arnold. Yeah, I mean, they, they essentially said they're choosing Jackson for the next two or three years over Dylan Gabriel for one more year. Yeah. And the problem that's the nature of college football because if Dylan goes, if Dylan says, oh, I'm just going to come back because my draft grade wasn't great, I think Jackson's probably getting in the portal. Like that's that's the reality of it, and you don't want that to happen. Do we think that there was ever the conversation of I'm gonna play college football again? I want to come back. 
I I think it's reasonable to say that that should, would have happened. I mean, when he says, you know, leaving faces that you love so dearly, I mean, the the growth that we saw from him personally from year one to year two, I think to me that's one of the most, I don't know, heartwarming stories that I saw, you know, unfold this year. Mm-hmm. It's just him kind of, you know, becoming comfortable in his own skin. I mean, we saw that. Like, it, it, I know you weren't here last year, but Eddie, I mean – he, he, he became, you know, tighter with you and was willing to joke yeah. around with you. He, we would, he would never would have done that a year ago. No, I think that there was definitely a uh, feeling out process and maybe even more so of last year was just, or two years ago in his first year in Norman, it just was never comfortable with being, you know, the guy. I think that you probably get it in Orlando, but everybody knows that it's a little bit different in Norman, Oklahoma. You go to, you know, Homeland or wherever and you're having to... Uh, you know, take pictures and do all that kind of stuff with just about anybody and everybody. Just got a note that OU is getting ready to release something as we're sitting here talking. So you'll get our instant reaction. It will be the most instant reaction possible. I yeah. mean, it's literally like counting down the seconds. Three, two, one. <laughs> that had been sweet if it would have came out. <laughs> Well, I don't have interest for those that can't see it. I can confirm I am not in the studio and I can literally see Carrie reach across to show Eddie something on his phone. So 100 percent can can assure this all just happened. Oh, Here it it's is. It's a contract uh, extension to the cotton. Come ball. on. Boo! Well, we did have a we, lead on that. I was about to say we I did. I told but... George yesterday that I had heard that OU and Texas were working on an announcement. It had come out of uh, $140 million Cotton Bowl renovation. This is big. I mean, this is keeping OU at the the Red River Rivalry at the Cotton Bowl through 2036. I'm going to put this on the board. Boom. They're going to have an estimated $140 million in Cotton Bowl renovations. I'm all in. I'm as. The bathrooms will probably work now. I kind of don't like that. I'm going to be honest. Uh, You like the dive bar element to. I am all in on the idea of. That game literally never moving. They even have some renderings out there. I mean, it looks nice. Yeah, they wow. It, they've it got does. a. It, it is disturbing though. They've got like a, a a fan level like up above where you can go out and mingle and get concessions and stuff. This is a really big renovation. Who pays for? That? I don't think you can get hepatitis in that stadium, and I'm not crazy about it. I mean, this is this will be paid. I'm sure by the taxpayers of Dallas. Correct. You can't get hepatitis, Hi- hepatitis, <laughs> but you can get <laughs> something else. You can get it probably just about anything else inside of the State Fair of Texas. And you probably could get hepatitis if you, you want. You could definitely get hepatitis. I'd say that's easier than VD to get. Hepatitis? Yeah. Luckily, I haven't. They're expected to be done by September 2026. Okay. That's the first awesome. phase. That denial was quick, Eddie. I don't trust it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean this is this is cool, very cool. Twenty thirty six. So all right, well we won't shit on it too. Guess much. what? The Red Red River Rivalry, they're SEC ready. Yeah, I think so. It's very cool. Do, do love that because uh, guys, do we just? I think we do a YouTube live if they ever announce it moving to Jerry World. We just have to go on, and we're just protest. We stay live until it stops. Like me, we're just going to have to go it'd on. Be for disgusting. Weeks. Let me ask what would what announcement would have been made that you would have been like holy shit I can't believe it. Like Dylan Gabriel's playing in the bowl game? No, I think it would have been if OU Texas moved to Jerry World. I would have been like this sucks. 
Oh, yeah. Everybody would hate that. I was worried because when Eddie mentioned the OU Texas thing the other day to me, he's like, there might be something out there about that. I was like, I was like, man, if they're moving it to Jerry World, I'm going to be pissed off. I don't know. I don't know what, what news would have made me jump out of my seat. Dallas Sports Commission and Dallas Tourism Public Improvement District increasing the game fees paid to each school as part of the agreement as well. Very cool. I'm all in on this. Just looking at the picture. It shows now, it looks you. I mean, nice. interesting that happens when they make the move to the SEC. That's all I'll say. What is it they're calling OSU and A and M? Oh, the uh, like great value Red River rivalry game or whatever. <laughs> like the Walmart version. I think I saw the thing like, Mom, can we get Oreos? Oh, yeah. and we have Oreos at home, and it was like, or, Mom, can we get the Red River rivalry? She's like, No, we have the Red River rivalry at, at home. home. Yeah, and it was, was OSU good. versus A and M. Okay, so um, anyway, uh, transfer portal, back to that for Oklahoma. I mean, we've talked about it this week, and Josh, I know you had a lot to say on it, but you know, you were talking about ESPN making it the, the great exodus from uh, Oklahoma, which you know, A&M's going to steal all those headlines, uh, by the way. Those, there's no way that they don't take the lead, and uh, especially meaningful transfer portal guys. Uh, but, you know, Oklahoma, moving on, Jackson Arnold, uh, I mean, I know we're writing stories about this, but kind of what what do you guys take as far as what OU really needs out of the portal right now? Defensive line, <laughs> just the same as everybody else in the country. Yes, but maybe but I think so. they're gonna. I think they have a chance to land like some of the guys that, and you can follow the follows and Stoops Bros does a great job of that on the board, and and I know Josh has been on top of it too. But like some of the guys they're following, I mean, the kid that uh, just announced in the portal this morning from Florida. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, that's a dude. Princely. <clears throat> Princely, you, you man Malane, It's something like that. Yeah, I mean, if they could get somebody like that, I mean, that'd be game massive. Yeah, he's yeah. Game, he, that is like a what we thought a disomical was going to be like, right? Yeah. Like an instant contributor. Day one, he steps in. He's taking somebody's spot. What about, uh, I don't know, we talked about this in other places, but... If he says defensive line, I'd say tight end. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. that that is a very, very important position moving forward. But, Kiddo, you have two guys on the defensive line from Florida, Josh. Yeah, I mean, and that that's something I would almost wonder about if I'm Oklahoma. What is Princely and Chris McClellan's relationship like? Sure. Is that going to help? Because McClellan's good enough to help you. He's not a world beater. He's not going to change the game for you. But would you take him if that gives you a chance to tan on a guy like Princely and really bolstering your defensive end room? Because, guys, I mean, this is a guy who played in the SEC last year, had 11 and a half tackles for loss and seven sacks. Um, that, that'll play. So, I, like I said, we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, I, and again, he's a kid that um, Oklahoma recruited the first time around to – Kind of, it was kind of like McClellan, kind of off and on. It was just kind of, um, I think it's it's a good example of like, why does a kid from Texas that was well recruited but not highly recruited suddenly end up at Florida? Because largely because Dan Mullen would wait until the end, and then okay, who's left that's you know highly regarded or we think is good on tape, and they would watch kids like this and say, okay, yeah, sure. And kind of ignore that, you know, maybe their focus wasn't always where it needed to be and those kind of things. And that's why Dan Mullen got fired. But, um, I, I, again, I, I think both are 
really talented guys that can absolutely help Oklahoma. I think it's a question of do they fit what Oklahoma wants to do? Like, do they, even as rentals, does that can they come in and be a part of the culture, or is Oklahoma going to have to kind of make it work around them? And I, I don't, I don't think they'll do that. I just, I think they've drawn a pretty clear line in the sand on those kind of guys. Outside of uh, those guys' defensive line, who are some other possibilities that are out there? Uh, well, I mean, you, you, you know, George knows more about it than I do. The Thor Griffith kid from Harvard's come up a lot. Um, I like Nate Clifton at Vanderbilt, another really productive SEC guy, was a captain last year for Vanderbilt. So I think that says a lot for him kind of fitting in that mold I'm talking about. Like sure. he, He's the guy that, that gets it. Um, and I think he had like nine tackles for loss for Vandy last year. And we know, you know, you can look at that a couple of different ways. Like, okay, that's not as, it's not as good as Princely, but he's also not playing, you know, he's probably facing a lot of doubles and that kind of stuff because he was their best defensive lineman. So, um, uh, he is one that I think is kind of interesting. Um, I haven't now, I mean, like I said, we'll have to see, what happens with David Hicks? Because I think there is some waiting game here with a couple of guys that I think we've all heard talk like, okay, this guy could end up in the portal. But as more and more of these A&M guys end up in there, it definitely makes you wonder, like, is is Hicks going to say, okay, I've got to see what's out there. I don't want to be the the last guy, you know, to turn the light off kind of thing. So um, I, I think they're being patient with some of these guys. But at the same time, um like I said, I think Clifton makes a lot of sense as a defensive end, but I haven't yet seen a lot of defensive tackles that you're like, okay, yeah, that that guy fits the bill. That that's that's going to help them and that's going to make them better. But you mentioned it, Eddie, tight end. I mean, obviously, it's a barren wasteland, um, and we don't know on the young guys uh, who might be able to step up eventually. But you've got portal action. You'll probably have some more portal action. Go I think official. you have to. And the Jalen Conyers stuff is just, it's really interesting. Yeah. If he can get into school, you get him into school immediately and you go that route. I I think they're going to take multiple tight ends. They need to. Yeah. I mean, truly, they only have what I would consider as two guys on campus, and that's Cade McIntyre and Caden Helms, who we still have no idea what he's even going to be. He can't get onto the practice field. He can't stay healthy. It just, it's, uh, it, go ahead, Josh. I, I was going to say real quick, like, I don't know how you can build anything around the plan with Caden Helms. He's never been healthy. And like, I know people think he's talented. I do too. But at some point you got to stop hoping and wishing at that tight end position. You got to have some guys you can actually count on. But when you compare, when you look at Caden Helms on a practice field, when he's out there and he's healthy, like it's, you, you, you just kind of, daydream about what he could look like when he gets you know a little bit more muscle uh he, i mean he looks like he looks similar to nick anderson and build uh he just needs to get a little bit bigger i don't i'm not saying he's gonna play like nick anderson but he's a guy i'm not ready to give up on have they offered a uh portal tight end yet i haven't seen anybody outside of conyers who they have visited with which i would assume that you're not going to visit if you're not offering yeah, Conyers hadn't tweeted out that out that out, but he's one hundred percent got an offer. There, there's there's no doubt in my mind. Joe John is also following uh, one Rocket Sanders from Arkansas, running back. Yeah, yeah, which would be interesting. I mean, he had a really good year for a really bad offense. Well, he was hurt this year, and 
wasn't he? Was he? He was hurt this year. Last year, he was really, really good. Those are the, the numbers that I saw. I okay. think so. Gotcha. Rocket was recruited as a linebacker by Grinch and those guys coming out of high school. That's good to so you know. So they, they liked his athleticism, too. Um, yeah. I mean, and I know people will bag on him for that because he's been a great running back. But, God, if I you, know, you guys know me. If I can spin a running back to linebacker, I'm interested every time. So um, I, I don't think that's a, a bad evaluation. But certainly – wouldn't hurt to have a guy like that in your running back room. No doubt yeah, he only it. had 62 carries this year. I think he was okay. pretty pretty hurt. Last year he had 222, 1,443 yards and 10 touchdowns. He was really good in 2022. That'll play. I don't want to paraphrase kind of things that you said this week, Josh, but I thought it was interesting what you said on the recruiting report about Xavier Robinson. Uh, I mean, I, I think we all feel like Tatum is a guy that can make an instant impact. Uh, size, just physicality. Um, I, but it seemed like you kind of, you know, we're, we're hedging a little bit on whether Robinson could come in and make an impact next year. I think he can, like, I, and I, I think he just has to have a role. Like, I don't think he's a guy that like Taylor, if, if Taylor Tatum came in and hit all the right notes and had 120 carries or something next year, I would not be shocked at all about that. Like, I think that's entirely within his ability level. Do you see Robinson, Robinson more of a, like a tree flowers almost? Um, I, I could see him being used that way. We've got to see some evidence that Oklahoma is going to do that. Yeah, like, I, I mean, and again, we don't really know. Cause I mean, that, to, to be fair to Seth Luttrell and Joe John Finley, we don't know what their plan is going to be, how they're going to kind of marry, um, the ideas, you know, Joe John largely being part of that levy tree and kind of running those schemes and Latrell obviously being a pure air raid guy. Like how does that all kind of melt? Lincoln together? was an air raid guy um, and he fit in Dimitri flowers really Oh, a hundred percent. I guys, I, uh, people, people used to get mad like that. R Riley would use those guys like, Oh, you could put another receiver out there. I love the versatility of like Trey Millard and Aaron, uh, uh, God, uh, Dimitri flowers. Like, Go down the right. list. Like I, I like those guys. I like having that use because I think it makes it harder to read what you want to do based on your personnel grouping. Because he can be a receiver, he can be a blocker, he can even be a runner. Like there, there's a lot of versatility that that gives you. And I like that a lot. Um, but we haven't seen any evidence that that they're going to do that. Now, uh, again, I, I don't. And and honestly, there's not a lot of uh, evidence that Robinson knows how to do that wants to do that i mean he's a carl albert guy he'll do what's best for the team i don't doubt that for a second but like he doesn't know the first thing about you know being an h-back and blocking and some of the responsibilities he'd have to learn a lot of that because he's been the feature guy like that that's all he's ever known or at least that's all he's known in his last couple of years you missed a great moment josh i know you couldn't see it but uh I thought he was trying to say Aaron Ripkowski, and I was like, I don't think he fits and, in that same category. But I just was trying to help. Well, Josh but Eddie out. gave said you Ripkowski. I, I didn't know gave who you the you most. Said. What the fuck are you talking about? Look, I've ever seen. I, yeah. I didn't hear. I didn't. Well, catch. I thought he was trying to pronounce. I thought he was trying to remember Ripkowski's name because he you. said Rip something, oh. and then and he was like, Oh gosh, I can't remember his name, and I just yelled Ripkowski, and I don't think he was yeah. thinking of Ripkowski, but. I was I was thinking of Dimitri Flowers, and currently there is a safety that I saw like two weeks ago uh, in high school that is Aaron Flowers, and for some reason I wanted to say Aaron, That's and right. it just you were saying I Aaron, and I was like Rukowski because you were talking about mm -hmm. fullbacks, and I was just like, yep. yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's completely my brain having too much recruiting going on all the damn time. 
All right, so uh, offensive line, let's talk about that real quick because, uh, look, I believe Tyler Guyton's completely gone. I, I really don't have any questions in my mind. Sure. I've been told that that's you know, um, something that has been in the works basically all season. This was going to be his last. And, you know, the, the whole thing about the end of the year and him not playing, I think that only leads to, you know, the credence that he's not coming back. Uh, you've got Andrew Rame out there uh, with the decision. I know, Josh, you've uh, kind of got some info on that. I don't know if you want to talk much about that. And then, you know, it, outside of that, you've, you've, you've now got to find a center. Is that Everett? Probably. But wasn't there a pretty – Interesting center that entered the portal the other day, or am I smoking something? Uh, well, if you're doing that and you didn't invite me, that'd be interesting. The uh, two kids from North Texas, it seems like there is oh, a yeah, connection there. Was, yeah. he, I think he was an interior guy, though. He we was were, a, yeah, he we was were a, trying to figure guard. out, like, we were zapruding pictures to see if he was leaning over a ball or not. Yeah, the, the uh, Fabici kid, he does seem promising at the very least. And, you know, it has an interesting story from Coppell. Uh, you know, basically committed as a walk-on to Seth Luttrell. So there is a relationship there, I would have to think. And, you know, I think right now it's more about just, you need bodies. I mean, they are kind of depleted, it seems like, just in terms of depth. Depth and starters. Yeah, I mean, I think, I know, Josh, you talked this week about Caden Green, you know, Jacob Sexton, you're set there, but... Where the hell is Jake Taylor playing? Are they playing him at tackle or guard? There's smoke that's coming it. out of Josh's ears right now. That's that's my big because I was just telling Bob I was like, well, depending on where they see Jake Taylor playing, like that could it, really affect how what they go out and get. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like he should be a starter next year at some spot. Like I I don't know how you can't find a spot for him on the field. Hey, you, I wonder if some of these offers are largely, uh, you know, motivational tool for jake taylor like okay look these guys will come take because because he last we saw him he's working at right tackle that that's that's all he played to my knowledge this year even though you know like eddie like eddie's referencing i i wanted to see him get work at guard just get him out there somewhere because i mean this is this is a guy that i was a huge believer in high school and i know talking to some people around that program there was a lot of belief that he was like one of the better offensive linemen in the country. Oklahoma was very, very high on Jake Taylor coming out of Bishop Gorman. So it it surprises me that there hasn't been more progress. Now, I will say, and I think Bob's kind of correctly, and I didn't know it until Bob did his, you know, his um tracker where Jake played four games. Like I think maybe they just decided, okay, we we want him and we want an extra year of his eligibility. And they kind of toughed it out maybe when they could have played him or gotten him some snaps and just kind of went a different direction. So um, I, I, I've got to think he's part of the plan. I mean, if not, I think he would have gone to the portal, but as far as offensive linemen, I mean, you know, I, I've been able, like I said, Spencer Brown, the, um, uh, the other kid from Michigan state, it's a uh, geo Vandermark or something like that. He's an interior guy, uh, believe played a lot of right guard for them, but the little bit of tape I watched, um, and then the, the guy that you're referencing at North Texas that, that Seth is so familiar with the Fabechi Noanumi or something like that. Um, he started at right tackle almost exclusively for North Texas. So they are they're looking at the right side of the line, guys, which tells me, you know, as as Kerry was talking about, that they see Caden Green at left guard. Like that that's that's been I know at right tackle was the plan at one point, but God, when you're that good at guard, I mean, guys, he's a like that might be OU's next like all American offensive lineman. He he's at that kind of level. 
And if you have that, maybe you just don't mess with them at all. Where do you see Heath Ozeda fitting into the mix? Because, I mean, this was just a couple weeks ago that we were talking about there's a lot of people that feel very strongly about him within the program. Yeah. I, guys, I would – I always thought he was a guard. Now, I think we know Bill is – Bill's going to put his best five out there and doesn't really care as much positionally, and certainly not left to right, but even guard tackle, I don't think he loses a lot of sleep about that. Like, it just – Five five guys that work the best together. Okay, get them out there. And he's a big kid. He's about six five. You know, last time I saw him, he was three oh five, three ten. I'm sure he's added some good weight since then. Um, but I, I've always seen him as a guard. And Eddie, you're dead on. I mean, I I've talked to a couple people in the last few weeks, and I mean, there is very real buzz that he is going to be a very good player, and they're very excited about him. It's going to be interesting to see who. Uh... Starts in the bowl game on the offensive line because I, I don't think Andrew Rame's going to play in the bowl game. Um, I mean, we saw that his Instagram story the other day. He's out in L.A. already training. Uh, Walter Rouse, I don't know. I think he'll play. Uh, you got Sexton and Green, so you'd think Everett would be at center, and I don't know who's going to be at the other guard spot. I mean... Jake Taylor. Just go with let's just go with Jake Taylor. That's that's what I want to happen. Let's just make that. Well, happen. if he, if he really is making that type of progress, they can play guess, in the bowl game. It I guess McCabe, the tower will play. Sure, yeah, I think he'd play. Oh, I think of course, play. you're right. You're I right. just mm-hmm. that was a brain fart. I just forgot about him. But uh, yeah, don't I mean, let it happen again, please. I don't know. So yeah, I mean, I guess it's pretty straightforward. But you could see a lot of rotation. You could see Heath Osida. You could see some Logan Howland, maybe. Like you, you could see some young guys if if Oklahoma can create some breathing room, which I'm not sure they will, because I think people are really underestimating Arizona. That's a good football team. Yeah, I th- well, I don't know if people are underestimating as, as underestimating them as much as they just don't know a whole lot about them. And you look at the name Arizona, and they've just been so bad over the last couple of years, uh, you know, really since Mike, that people probably just don't stay up and watch it a whole lot. The Fafita kid can sling it. Yeah. Yeah, he's really good. And the running back's pretty good. The defense was a top 40 defense. Uh, you know who plays, I believe, a linebacker for them is one of our favorites. Isn't Justin Flo <laughs> out at uh, Arizona? That's correct. I've seen him running exactly around for right. uh, Arizona late night. I think night. I saw him get kicked out of a game last year. I'm, I'm sure he did. I, I, in fact, I could get kicked I could, out of this game. That'd be awesome. That'd be some <laughs> of the best scoop <laughs> HD. Fo- I might just follow him to the locker Yeah, room. I would just say, Javante Barnes, get ready, because uh, Justin Flo Oof. is going to come for you. I mean, that was for his first claim to fame. It was, uh, what's his name, that ended up at TCU, uh, knocked him out Zach of the five-star. Zach Evans, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... That was when we we're all like, "Oh God!" Like George, I don't even know that you know this story, but he, we're at the we're at the uh, rivals All American camp a couple years ago, and they're just like, it's seven on seven. They're just out there. Like, no, I think it was even one on ones. It wasn't even seven on seven yet. And Flo just comes in way too hot on Zach Evans and twisted his ankle pretty damn good. Evans was done for the day, and you're like, you don't see that stuff at this level. Like those guys all know. Like man, this is. We're making business decisions out here all the time. Like they're not, they're not tackling hard. But I mean, flow is going to flow. Like he, he it does was a not true know water anything boy but 150 miles an hour. 
Yeah, he was. I I, I got to think Justin Flo is probably the closest thing to the Water Boy that we have today to Bobby Boucher. He was nuts. I, I think he still is. I love it. Where do you go initially? Oregon, Oregon State. Oregon. 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 Yeah. That's right. I bet Dan Lanning would love him. Yeah, he, I think he. I think he's another one of those guys who just couldn't stay healthy. If I remember right, at Oregon, he just kind of he because he, he started as a freshman. I know he did. He and uh, the Noah Sewell kid that was just a freak mutant. Yeah. Um, nah, I mean, a hell of a linebacker class. Two five stars next to each other. Is there any? Um, oh, go ahead, Eddie. Oh, I was going to say, is there any chance, just in terms of uh, another position? And I've been asked about it multiple times. Is there a kicker in the portal? And would Oklahoma take a kicker? I find that conversation to just be fascinating. I've not, I've not even looked to see if there's. Do you even like really have kicker. to go to the portal to find a kicker, though? Don't you just go to Chris Saylor and say who's out there? I mean, you get? should be able to go to the Union and or find somebody Cole better than what whatever. they had this year. Yeah, but I think that there I, is a lot of confidence in Gavin Marshall. I, and I just that think, was weird. I just think you have to bring somebody in that has some sort of kicking experience. Otherwise, you're really yes. betting on. And the guys Liam Evans kid is supposed to be really, really good. I just don't know if he looks great on Twitter. Trot a freshman out there when you need three points to win a game in Baton Rouge or Oxford or Auburn or yeah. you know shit Norman. Like I, I don't know. It's like we're talking about it tight end. You can't keep just hoping it's going to work out. You've got to bring as many fail safes in there as you possibly can. And especially at kicker, where you know guys are willing to come in and walk on and and see and like kind of earn their spot. That's just generally the way it works, unless you are a really elite high school kicker. Should but we? Should, that's, you've got to have somebody in there. That's the other thing too is they're not giving kickers scholarships. Like that is something yeah. that this staff is not going to do. Should we offer Zach Schmidt an NIL deal to kick a burrito? Maybe we can reverse the reverse the curse. Reverse the curse. Yeah. Well, should he kick like a quesadilla or something like so, just like something? God, quesadilla different. sounds we'll do it so in, good. In right backwards now. Um, Rico is giving me a quesadilla after this is over. I'm so hungry. I'm on a diet though. We had a very awkward moment in the office yesterday. Between there, there are often awkward moments, but I thought George looked good yesterday. He was wearing a shirt, and just because I really wish he wouldn't have said this on the pod right we, now. We hang around you know Baker a little bit. <laughs> I think amount of and comments I'm about to get Baker about Carrie saying I looked good yesterday. Baker is, uh, you know, a part owner. Like he's invested in that that uh, Legends clothing brand. I think Big Cat's in on it too. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at George and I said, "Is that a Legend shirt you're wearing?" Yeah, I just bought it. And I said, "You look kind of buff." Well, I am buff. And it upset Eddie greatly that I gave it him didn't. A it didn't upset. You left. Yeah, you I just left. got out of there. Well, the conversation was just. It was just. I can't tell another man that he looks good in a shirt. No, it, it wasn't even that. It was just like, oh, it's so soft. <laughs> <laughs> I did feel it. He it's did. A, I offered it. Is, I it said, is a soft shirt. Wow. It's, it's, I, a, it's a soft shirt. I mean, the, <laughs> I, I, I felt the little, you know, just the. Stop, stop, stop. Stop. At least this isn't on video with me <laughs> making we, the feeling. We got to bleach this out. <laughs> No, but I just thought you looked nice yesterday. Oh, Jesus and Christ. And I've never have I ever said that to you before? No, I haven't. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't. And you deserve praise on yesterday. So Thank you. Don't say ever say don't say don't say I'm my a arms boss did, and my never arms say did anything. look really good in it. <laughs> I tweeted that out too. Uh anyway, um hey, 
what about high school, Josh? Because uh, you've got some, uh, you've got a story out there that was just released. Uh, oh, you got Real quick, just are we looking too far into like OU offers the San Diego State cornerback? Is it too much to be looking into? Oh, so that means this guy's leaving, or they offer a safety, or they don't offer a safety, and then you go, oh, Billy Bowman's definitely coming back. You guys see what I'm saying? I think it's more of uh, like our offers corresponding with I think what's leaving I think or what's staying. We've seen the offers that have gone out. I think it's more of like cornerback makes sense to me because they need somebody veteran to sure. come in. And it's the same with some of these other. I think it's spots that they're like, we need depth at those spots more so than like, oh, we know so-and-so's leaving. Like, I well, think you're it, losing Key Lawrence and Reggie Pearson. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't want to get yelled at on Twitter, but it's like, both of those guys were good at times, but they also, you know, had their moments where you could you you hope for a little bit better. I think they feel really good about the safety spot. I, I think you look at who's coming back there, especially and well, Peyton Bowen, you know what he's going to do. And we forget too, they added some really key pieces in the portal after the spring. I mean, they got a, a DJ Terry, yeah, in the spring. I think was Everett. Did he come? Uh, was he in the spring or did he come late? Like yeah, some, he was in the spring. Yeah, he was. Yeah, spring, I mean, yeah. so they got some key pieces that weren't, or or they got them, you know, later in December. So I think it's too early to say on some of it. I don't know. I'm rambling. I I will say with with the Dejon Malone kid, the the corner they offered from San Diego State, he is a guy. He played a lot of safety early in his career, and he's played corner the last couple years for them. So. I think they like him partially because of he brings that versatility. They they could use him kind of like they did with Key when they got in a pinch against Texas and they had to run him out there a little bit at corner and, and have a body that could do it. So I mean Dolby's kind of played out of position, forever. I thought. Yeah. Love Kendall Dolby. Okay. Um anything else portal wise? Now Billy Bowman, I mean, he appeared on uh uh you know, an OU uh media deal this week. Uh and really didn't say anything one way or the other, but he did seem to, you know, show some commitment still to the Oklahoma program, I would say. But we're still kind of, we're on the runway there, right? I mean, we still kind of just think this has to play out a little bit with yeah, you know, I, I relationships would think so. and his girlfriend's Jada Coleman. and Yeah, I would think so. And, you know, on top of that, I just, I don't know, maybe I've kind of dug in and I can't get it out of my mind, but I think that what is basically going to be offered to come back in 2024, not just a resume wise, but you know, maybe like leaving a legacy, trying to win a Jim Thorpe and for Danny Stutzman, trying to win a Buckus being the faces of the program. I think that those two guys would be like any type of media availability over the next six months until the season starts. One of those two would be at it. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I don't I know. It's, a, it's pretty, a lot to turn down and you can like, those two can really truly improve their draft stock from what it is right now. I, I fully believe Danny's going to be back. Like it just makes, I mean, and, and that's not based off like Intel or yeah. info. It's mm -hmm. just like, it makes so much sense for him yeah. to come back. Like it, it's not one of those things. Like if he ended up not getting hurt and finishing the season great and all that, then maybe he leaves. But the way it ended for him, like, I just don't think he's ready, like to be completely blunt. Like I think he right now would get drafted on day three. Whereas if he comes back, maybe he's getting drafted on day two. I agree. Bowman's more interesting, though, because I think he, the way he finished the season is like, holy shit, he could be, somebody could fall in love with him and take him on day two. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. DJ Terry's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Lacey's interesting. And those four, like you look at all four of those guys. And I I feel like I don't even know if there's really a decision to be made in terms of Jalil Farouk. I I think think Farouk's more of, yeah, if Farouk, I would be less surprised if, I mean, and again, not based on anything, like if he portaled or something. Like if, I think I think his draft grade is going to be a little bit of a wake up call for yeah. him and people around him. And I think he should come back. And Josh has said it a lot. He should come back and play in the slot. Yeah, because that's his future. I think that's his future in the NFL is playing in the slot. I don't think fans would agree. I, that- I think he could be really. I think he could be better than what we've seen, which we all like. We all think Jalil Freak's a good player. I think he could be beyond that as a slot he brings a lot of unique stuff and you look at the production that drake stoops had this year in the slot and you say okay well jalil could be you know just as good in that spot i think well all the stuff all the stuff that they like about jalil farouk and that you know jeff levy liked about him you know using using him as a running back i mean they see stuff on the practice field and, and you know you know you've done some articles on him like his people kind of compare him a lot to uh, Debo, Debo Samuel, which we don't really see, but they see that on a daily basis in practice. So if you're putting him in the slot, like get him the ball in space, get him the ball in the middle of the field where he can make guys miss. Like you can run him deep every once in a while because he can do that, but you should like sixty to seventy percent of his catches should be in open field where he can make plays, make people miss. Yeah, and it felt like at times this year, and eventually it kind of changed, but that he was going to try and, like, take over the Marvin Mims role. He's just not the same player. And I, I think that, like, coming to that realization for him and also the staff and moving him inside, I think, would benefit everybody. Like, he's just not a speedster. That's not his game. He's more quick in open space. All right. Uh, and and ahead, physical, Josh. breaks tackles. Like yeah. He, yeah. He's a bigger think the guy Texas than I game. think people realize. The Texas game, he was phenomenal breaking tackles and getting yards after the catch. Well, remember that catch against Tulsa when he just ran through a guy's you yeah. know, tackle to score a touchdown? There, you want, you that, want him back, too. Like That's a guy that you want. You, you're trying to convince to come back. Yeah. Um, Josh, uh, you know, we talked a lot about the portal, uh, and you wrote about it uh, today. But and I know you talked about it on the recruiting report, but uh, OU still in the mix for a five-star defensive lineman from the high school ranks. They are. Um, was an interesting conversation I had over the last couple of days. Um, I guess conversations. Um, talking to people. I was just checking around because obviously we talked about on the recruiting report the loss of Elijah Robinson and what the fallout could be of that at Texas A&M. Uh, you know, for those that don't know, defensive lineman, defensive line coach at Texas A&M, Elijah Robinson has left to go be the defensive coordinator at Syracuse. He is one of the best recruiters in the country. He is the primary reason that defensive line room is as stocked as any defensive line room in the country. I mean, he he is a very, very good recruiter. And, uh, you know, and obviously I, I know people out there saying the NIL, yeah, that didn't hurt either. So um, 
but with him leaving, I think it's opened the door. And we've already seen several guys enter the portal. We, you know, we've already talked about LT Overton with Bob. Um, there will be some more uh, that I would expect. Walter Nolan's been rumored. Um, and then I think the uh, the Ephidil kid went in the portal a little while ago that Hayes Fawcett, our guide on three, uh, tweeted about. So there are more bodies, and then obviously the David Hicks scenario. But the recruiting side of it is he had another good defensive line class going and obviously beat Oklahoma earlier this year for Dominic McKinley, the big defensive lineman out of Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, talking to some sources – I'm expecting Todd Bates to be at his state championship game this Friday. Um, and it's going to, you know, and I, what was interesting to me is it could seem like, okay, Oklahoma's trying to get back in the race. I talked to someone who was like, he never came off Oklahoma's board. He was always a guy they've been talking to. They stayed focused on. I don't think Oklahoma dropped any of their push for him. I, I think he's been a focal point. And now, like I said, with, him playing in a state title game for Acadiana against uh, Baton Rouge Catholic, which is a, a power in um, in Louisiana. Todd Bates is going to go down there. He's going to shoot a shot. I, I would guess, um, you know, maybe he goes down there Friday, sees him, maybe he hangs around on Saturday, and then Sunday maybe goes in and does an in-home official visit. I don't know that part. That's just kind of me connecting dots. But he is expected to be at the game on Friday, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But if um if he were to get up at, uh, on Oklahoma's campus at some point in the next two weeks, I I wouldn't be stunned. I think that's entirely possible. Is there anybody else in terms of uh, you know we're getting to the point now, two weeks away from uh, early national signing day? Anybody else on that late flip itinerary? There's nobody that screams out at me that makes a lot of sense. Sure. Um, you know, obviously, again, we know Williamson area is what everybody talks about. I think that ship's largely sailed. I mean, he he was mocking somebody the other day. It was one of those, you know, how many days in a row can I tweet at Williamson area until he commits to Oklahoma or something? And he was like, how many days are you going to do this before you realize I'm a tiger? And you're like, okay, I think that pretty much does it. Uh, you know, they don't usually come – guys don't usually come at fans like that who are just being excited and trying to – trying to help the cause for their school. But I think that was kind of writing on the wall. Uh, we've talked about Tyler Mercer. Um, I know Oklahoma would like to bring him in as a, as a really, really good preferred walk on and kind of see what happens from there. I don't think that's going to play out even with Willie Fritz leaving Tulane and going over to Houston. I wonder if maybe Houston uh, suddenly gets involved there and they try to bring him down, just keep him within Texas state line. So We'll see what happens, but I there's nobody that is immediately on my radar. Uh, the Cam Campbell kid out of Tampa Bay, it's possible. I wouldn't rule it out, but I think there are some there are some other issues there. Like I don't know that the grades are exactly where they need to be. I think it may be close in the second semester, and I don't know if he's a guy Oklahoma wants to put a scholarship toward and not be sure he's going to be on campus next June. So we'll we'll see what happens, but again. I think McKinley is easily the most interesting story to follow here over the, you know, now that we're two, literally two weeks out from today from signing day. And uh, when does Eddie Pierre-Louis announce his uh, December 15th? And you still feel good about that, Josh? Or I guess I do. And again, God, I do this. I have one guy every week. Yeah. Eddie Pierre-Louis, I think probably my mental state with him over the last month 
had just been like, I don't think this is going to work out. Something's going wrong here. It kind of felt like Grant Bricks. It was just all trending in the wrong direction. But talking to a few people, I think that in-home visit with, that he had with Bill Beatonbow on I believe, Sunday night, I think that went really, really well. I think they answered a lot of the family's questions. Um, a lot of the, you know, I, I think it's been pretty, pretty commonly known that mom wanted him to stay closer to home. And I think that's why a lot of people have thought this might end up with UCF or maybe Miami. But you talk to the schools he's listed, the five schools he listed, Miami's not really that involved. Oregon's not really that involved. UCF, I feel like if he was going to make that choice, he'd have done it. Like, I just, like, what, what at some point, what are you waiting for? And just talking to people, I just think Oklahoma's really, really impressed him. And I think at the same time, Oklahoma's got some urgency, guys. We, we know this offensive line class hasn't gone the way it was drawn up. It hasn't been what, what Bill Biedenboe probably hoped for. But at the same time, a, a nice win like Eddie Pierre-Louis kind of kind of buoys the, um, I guess, raises the level a little bit. And then you get to start moving towards 2025, which, like we've talked about over and over again, is where Oklahoma has to really have a solid offensive line class. I have a, another high school question for you. You know, you during the recruiting report this week, um, you got to see the the kid from Lincoln Christian uh, and mm-hmm. it was the first time you'd, you'd seen that video. Any Had you reached out at all since then or uh, gotten any more information uh, on, on – I, I can't even remember the kid's name at this point, but the – Caleb Dillard. Caleb Dillard, name. yeah. Yeah, uh, and I, I did. I talked to a few people around Tulsa. They are – they were not surprised that Eddie was impressed. They, they, that kid has a lot of, of early rep. Um, obviously, Lincoln Christian's a great program. Uh, very – it's always interesting when kind of programs like this, you know, happen where you got Heritage Hall and Lincoln Christian kind of in some ways mirrors of each other. Um, and I think um, there are a lot of people around the area that are that are very interested in him, were very interested to see him, you know, at Lincoln Christian kind of follow his development. So I, I think he's going to be absolutely be a guy that we're tracking. Now I want to see, you know, we'll have to see – what he tests like, what's he run like, you know, what are the real discernible physical tools? But there's no question. I mean, he he is a guy that this wasn't like a flash in the pan. They, they think he's got a chance to be somebody. And I guess we got word uh, on uh, Andy Bass's situation, Eddie. Yeah, he tore, tore his ACL and uh, do you break your meniscus? No, you tear your meniscus. Tear your yeah. meniscus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a complete knee, just bang up job. It, sucks yeah it's really sucks for him i feel terrible for him. have we heard if he's an early enrollee uh i think he was going to be but i don't know that for a fact can just, you do that at hall eddie uh, uh that's what i was wondering. that's, yeah, that's an even better question. question i was just wondering because if, and it if sucks he because is, they had a really good track team and you know with him and right. jordan harris they won a state championship i think they even set the state record a year ago they did with uh those two and uh Rivers Faulkner, who's a walk-on over here at OU. It just shitty situation. I feel terrible for him. I was wondering because if he is, then he would be getting to rehab at OU, which he'll get to, I mean, ACL, he'll rehab this summer at OU too. Sure. I just was thinking off the top of my head he could be rehabbing as soon as next month yeah. with OU. Yeah. Now you expect, uh, you expect a full uh, coaching contingent at the uh, Washington State Finals this weekend on Saturday, Josh? Yeah. I think that's a pretty safe bet that there will be a fair amount of uh, of bodies there. Um, like, you know, we talked about the recruiting report. Oklahoma was there. 
um, to watch their semifinal game. I can't remember who they played in that one. I'm, I'm going to blank out on that. But um, they, I mean, with with Nate Roberts and Jaden Nickens on the other side, I mean, you're talking about two of your premier in-state commitments already, or not, well, commitment in Jaden Nickens' case, and obviously with Nate Roberts, somebody they're hoping to reel in. Um, so oh, I, I, it feels like Oklahoma is going to is starting to put more heat on Nate Roberts. They want him to know he's a priority for them. I think at times, and Eddie and I have talked to people down there, I think there was some question of uh, they felt like, do, do they really want Nate Roberts, or is it just he's an in-state guy and they want to get him? But I think I think they're starting to feel like, no, no, they he's a priority. Um, now, what, uh, what I will say, and, I, and I'll have um, some more in the scoop on this, but I had a chance to talk with a few people, um, some coaches that have worked with Seth Luttrell, both you know guys that had high school players recruited and some guys that have been on staffs with with Seth Luttrell, and just kind of getting a feel for him as a recruiter because I don't really know it. Like I, he's not a guy I'm as familiar with, um, and it sounds like he is a guy that is very skilled at relating. You know, he can walk into the you know, the West Texas kid that, you know, lives out in the country and doesn't know anybody. I mean, he's from the G, I mean, Muskogee. So, like, he knows what that's like. At the same time, I have been told he is very comfortable walking into the Highland Park kids' living room and talking to those kids, too. So, he seems like one of the things, his real strength is just he's very relatable when he talks to both players and their families kind of during in-home visits and those things. So, I would have guessed when you see these in-homes going on over the next few weeks, and I know – He's already been by to see Zion Kearney and Devon Mitchell and some others. Uh, it sounds like he's made a pretty strong impression with some of these guys very quickly. Zion Kearney has an elite high school football players bedroom. I don't know if you guys saw the picture out there. That I did see that last with him. Night. And I think it's Brent in uh, in his room. It's a very good one. He and and the thing that people I, I, and somebody commented on the that post. Look how big Zion Kearney is. Look. Guys, go look at that picture and look at him compared to Joe John Finley, who we know is a college and NFL tight end at 6'4 plus. Zion is a big dude, and people just I, – I don't think people appreciate how much potential Oklahoma has in him. He has got a chance to be a very, very good wide receiver, and I think is more physically impressive at the same age than Nick Anderson was. And we all know that family and how much they're in the weight room and that kind of stuff. And Zion doesn't have that muscle on him yet, but he is just big. He's just a big, strong guy that I think will fit very well in the SEC. George, I don't think that Eric G deserves your It's just a quote tweet. What happens? It's just a shitty take. It is, but what I is? mean... He's saying that... that Oh, he wants OU Texas to move to Jerry World because it's easier parking and there's air conditioning. Who? Eric G. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, guys, it's, I mean, I got to say, the YouTube stuff has been fantastic. Uh, it's, uh, it, we continue to go. And really the response, I mean, you know, you guys watching, uh, it is, very important for you guys to subscribe uh, to the channel. We, we want to keep building that more and more. And, and you know, I know you know, everybody's wondering, well, why are you doing this? And you've got the website and, and premium info and all that stuff. We do want to eventually, you know, the live streams, like we're going to do more and more of those. And, and we will start doing those just for subscribers as well. 
Um, so, I mean, we do have plans. We're just, you know, we spent the season building the thing. Uh, we still have more to build. And now that the season's over, um, you know, I have more time to do that. But, um, you know, it's just growing. And we appreciate you guys growing with us. It's growing really fast. Uh, and, you know, this week has been, you know, our biggest week that we've ever had on, on the YouTube channel as far as views and uh, watch time and all that stuff. So any subscription that you can give, uh, it's free. You know, we're not charging anything for a YouTube subscription. Just go to look up uh, youtube.com slash Soonerscoop and uh, just hit the subscribe button. And uh, if you see a video you like, just give us a like. So all that really matters. By the way, uh, deadsoxy.com, uh, go check them out. Uh, great partners of the site as, uh, you know, just great socks. I mean, we, we talk about it all the time, but um, you're probably tired of hearing us talk about it. Just go to the website, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com, and uh, they've got lots of great deals going on still from from, from Black Friday. Uh, but uh, basically, you know, we keep it going. It's, uh, you know, you use that promo code, uh, scoop. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Uh, trailing a little bit. Uh, sorry, I'm doing something here. Um, also, um, you got the unofficial 40 sale, uh, but get 25% off uh, any sock order, uh, sale items, whatever, uh, and uh, use that promo code SCOOP, deadsoxy.com, no shows, boardroom, uh, whatever. There's like pillows on your feet. It's just fantastic sock quality. Uh, and check out the little uh, bag you can put your no-shows in when you wash those so you don't lose any of those little buggers. Uh, so deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y, promo code uh, SCOOP, and you'll get 25% off your entire order. And as always, stay soxy. They got their money's worth. Struggled through that one. Wow. Yeah, not, not my best live read uh, right there. So, anyway, we move on ahead. Uh, you know, the portal has started, and we all kind of think there's going to be a few more names drop, right? That have oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I don't think though that it's going to be uh, any names that you go, oh, that guy was going to be a real big contributor like in twenty twenty four. You saw yeah. kind of a cryptic tweet from JV on Hester, JJ Hester the other yeah, day. Yeah, like I expect. Hester to go in. I expect LV Bunkley Shelton to go in. Blake uh, Smith. Blake Smith. I I just don't think that you're going to look up and you're going to see a, and I'm literally just throwing names out there, uh, a Kip Lewis or something like that. I don't. I really don't think that they're going to be hit dramatically hard by the portal. Yeah. I guess you saw the Gunnar Gundy uh, transfer portal entry. I think you should go to Tulsa. Yeah, that'd be cool. I don't. Although Kevin. Uh, Wilson loves Kirk Francis, who I think that we walked away from the 3A state championship game a year ago. That kid can fling it. I was surprised that he was never on scholarship anywhere else. George retweeted uh, Jackson at Jackson Big 12. That's a great tweet. Got, the quote tweeted his uh, transfer portal. What is this from on three? Uh, quote tweeted said, got tired of his head coach sleeping with his mom. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> good. That was pretty good. Pretty I, good. Do, I do wish <laughs> I could be a fly on the wall when... Gunner walks into his dad's room and says, "Hey, uh, Dad, I'm, I'm transferring." <laughs> or, or be in the room maybe when his, Mike Gunny called his son. Maybe and his said, hey, dad uh, said, "Hey, you, you might want to look portal. for something." Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it was a good well, try. I, you know, it, but it didn't work. It out. It would be I mean, hilarious too if if Mike comes out and like just repeats his speech of when like Spencer Sanders went in the portal. Didn't he like rip Spencer yeah. Sanders? Like if he just does that to his son, it that would be hilarious. Well. And guys, Mike Gundy's made it very clear: when you leave a relationship, it's over. 
Yeah. So I, is, is he going to speak to Gunner anymore? I, I don't know how that's going to go. I really hope it doesn't divide the Gundy household. Mike will say something pretty hilarious, I'm sure. Like something like, oh, yeah, he's grounded for life. Or he'll say something like, ah, we didn't want him anyways. Yeah. It is cool, though. Like he grew up, obviously, in that atmosphere or whatever and was able to kind of live the dream. And now he's going to go on and try to find somewhere that he can actually get onto the field. Well, living the dream is getting benched by your dad. I mean, playing for the university that he grew up around. Yeah. I'm sure that is something that is cool. I thought he was good, too. At t- the What game was it that um, Arizona, Arizona State? State yeah, he half. played well, yeah. Uh, and also, as we've been doing the tweet, uh, Jalen Conyers tweeted out down to three. Seen that. I don't know who the three would be, though. Yeah, who would know. the three be, Josh, I mean, you think? If, in just based mind. off comments in the, uh, the comment section, I... Would seem that Texas fans. Tech's going after him quite a bit. Been yeah, surprised. I mean, that, that makes sense with him being from out in the area. Sure. So, Have you been surprised uh, by uh, the transfers out of Tech? Because it seems like they've had quite a few. Kind of. Guys, are you continually surprised by the mic, the market for Tyler Shuck? Like, I, yes, absolutely. Louisville? Really? Well, I, mean, I, like, I don't know. Okay, I, I, but... Their quarterback is not good. The plumber kid. The no. plumber well, kid gone. is not good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I would. I uh, might take Plumber over Shuck, though. I'm surprised in general just by the amount of quarterbacks, and I guess I shouldn't be, but mm-hmm. it just seems like there are so many good quarterbacks out there, and that's why it makes it even more interesting for OU. I feel like they have to go get somebody. I told uh, George and Carrie the other day. I know he probably would never want to do it, but I think it would be worth saying, hey, Casey Thompson, we'll, you, we'll throw you $50,000 of NIL money. You want to come be a backup to Jackson? Like, oh, you needs a backup in some regard. Because you, if he gets hurt, and as much as... to have one that had some experience. Right, and as much as they're going to run Jackson, I mean, it, it's a, it's kind of a yeah. scary situation. Now they can you can wait and you can like you said George you can go into the spring and try to find somebody if uh, a situation isn't best for somebody and they want to get out after the spring ball but I don't know it's even this uh, Alamo Bowl like the depth at quarterback Jackson Arnold gets hurt they're fucked. well they're just if, back if to, they don't have a guy game. like that to me. Like if you're gonna do some quarterback run and like we know that the Seth Luttrell's that that's not as required. Now he did some of that North Carolina, so it's not like he won't do it if it's there, but it's not like in Levy's offense, the quarterback run is part of the plan. Like it just is. Um, but what is interesting is if, if they don't have a guy that is ready to be the guy, the backup to Jackson Arnold next year, I wonder if they do put some stuff in for like Michael Hawkins, who truly is a dynamic runner, like really has, you know, the ability to house something from 60 yards out. He, he is that kind of guy. Yeah, I meant so to talk I wonder about if they that. would build some stuff in for him. I meant to talk about that because, I mean, he is really, I mean, his, his numbers last week were just amazing. He's a guy that's fallen so far under the radar, especially with Kevin Sperry moving to Oklahoma and being at Carl Albert and him being just omnipresent for people in the state. Uh, but Michael Hawkins has just quietly put himself in a position to be like, heralded i mean for people to kind of salivate over him a little bit uh, guys he's in the texas state semis in 5a like and, and is doing it largely by himself <laughs> just pulled up the stats 
He has got a 72% completion percentage. He's thrown for 2,600 yards and has a 39 to 2 touchdown to interception ratio. That's and has rushed for another 800 yards. So, Would you call him the reverse is, Malachi Nelson, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, Malachi. Eddie, I mean, have you talked to the family out there? You, you've you've cleaned everything up? I would go right? back out for the tacos, but before what I'm about to say, I probably won't be invited back. It, it kind of sounds like he sucks. And God love him, but it does not sound like that's going well. I got mad at him for saying that in the office out loud the other day because his family treated him to a nice taco they, dinner. They were lovely people. I would go back out for a taco plate, but I don't think that that's necessarily working out the way that they thought it would. No, and just the no. the comments that Riley even said about him about like his physical to publicly say that yeah yeah I don't know it's it's not a good situation but I mean it doesn't break my heart. that's how you chase a guy off and maybe that's what Lincoln's maybe trying what, to do yeah no kidding I don't even know what you guys are talking about I'm in a Twitter fight now with Eric G yeah <laughs> you want me to just love it you want me to just jump in I'm gonna tell you something I'm gonna tell you something no man that's the guy that called that said that I was out of touch with yes. the, the fan base right yes oh uh, that's alleged that's alleged I, I checked with Bill Haste and he said that didn't happen but I'll say this I'll tell you something one of yeah. my first bosses told me and you should always remember this and Josh knows this saying well always punch up don't punch down you're punching down right now I like punching down I'll get 432 followers by this evening. <laughs> I, 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 now, less, I'll say that, and I am irrelevant. big on that within any media. Like, I anybody like that that's of a parallel world to us, I if they're not bigger, I don't care. I don't pay them any attention. Well, see, my but boss told me that, but I, I I'm blue in the face. My boss told me that, but I fail at that miserably. Well, it's just like the people on uh, the board that get mad at the uh, dollar subscribers. It's like... There's a part of you guys that just loves being trolled a little bit, I think. And I do the same thing. Like, I love to jump in and ramble with them as well. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, the I, Brent Venables has lost this program troll. Yeah, it just it is what it is. I mean, if people want to believe that, that's fine. I did hit over uh, 20K followers. I know it's not enough yet. Congratulations. But, uh, Congratulations. I, I thought you'd be proud, Carrie. I am. I, I said 20K. Like, you should get 20K by the end of the first season. It's like 19,600 more than Eric G. He's a nobody. <laughs> so we have George fighting with him on Twitter and Eddie just eviscerating him on a pod. Oh, I just think he's a loser. What I think, say, George, I thought Carrie's congratulations was really sincere. Not not being there and not being able to see them. I it was pretty clear Eddie's was not sincere. No, so that was you, you a sincere guys, congratulations. Like I'm proud of him. No, it was, he <laughs> used his congratulations to take a shot at Eric G. Me and Eddie are, are in, I think there's some people out there that think Eddie and I have like actual real beef, but they don't realize that we spend like our entire weekends together hanging out. Yeah, we hung and out. And you spend the whole week hanging out in the conference room. Yeah. I mean, my we, God, just get an apartment together. Get it over with. We do live down the street from each other, too. <laughs> we do, indeed. We, uh, we went out on Saturday, and George was getting recognized. It was a lot of fun. I did. I there was did a lot of YouTube subscribers. There was at the, were at the Jones Assembly. Mm -hmm. It was like several people like, "Hey man, I love you on YouTube." And I told some guys like, I, I, he like reached out and gave me a high five, and he was like, "He's like, hey man, I, 
uh, you're great. And I was just like, do I know you? And he's like, he's like, no, I watched the YouTube. I was like, I apologize to him. I was like, this is just new to me. Like people just coming up and being I like, told you this was going to happen you. when you joined Sooner Scoop. I mean, I know, I know, but it's just still an adjustment. Like Eddie takes it really well. He's like, oh yeah, you know, go Sooner Scoop or whatever. I'm just, I'm still like, do I know you somehow? And they're like, no, I just watch you on YouTube. Well, you got to make sure you thank them for watching. That's the amount the of people thing. too that like, Watch us on YouTube and don't know what like Sooner Scoop is sometimes. Yeah, well, that's why we do it. I mean, yeah. like people say, why do you do this? Because we want to reach an audience that we don't reach by just having a paywalled website. Yeah, that's the whole purpose of that. That's what the podcast started, and now that's what YouTube started. I mean, so and other, you know, we need to be more present on TikTok, and and it wouldn't be. It, here's the thing: if we're present on TikTok, it wouldn't be anything about like recruiting. Probably It'd just be us being weirdos or something like i don't know that that'll ever well happen. we are weirdos but yeah but no, not like weirdos in terms of like having josh giddy rate eighth graders okay Jesus. Oh innocent God. but innocent by the way innocent i stand with josh it wasn't an eighth grader it was a junior at least a junior Do we stop saying school? josh i don't i don't josh like giddy. This at all. I'm against <laughs> I, I stand with him he got set up well, I mean, she was getting let in to okay. apparently she went to a, bars she went to a and bar. stuff in Norman. She went to a bar. Let's just move on to the next topic. <sighs> All right. Well, you're not going to. I'm sure that you guys he, have heard what's happening gonna, on the Gaza Strip right now. <laughs> he's Eddie is planning his insurrection of Mayor Holt's office. Is what he's doing uh, right now. A big vote next week, by the way. I know that there's probably a lot of Oklahoma City people, but we need to uh, pass that arena and get that done on December 12th. No, the, we have more people that listen from Oklahoma City than anywhere else. So Let's get out and vote. Get out and vote on December 12th. Do you want, do you want, to, you want to do a YouTube with the, uh, the Oklahoma City uh, people? The, the, the mayor? We could do the mayor, but... David? People have been Pardon reaching out, Panther, people have been reaching out to me about uh, coming on and talking about the vote. Yeah, we could do that. That'd be more than fine. Needs to get done. at least at least people would actually hear them on our outlet. They need it needs to get done. We need to vote. I think I hope it'll get done. I don't even live there, but I hope it gets done. Otherwise, I'll, I'll, have, to, I'll have to hear you guys and Curtis whine about it. I'll be voting and I never vote. I mean, I think people would want to move out of the city since the election was stolen is what yeah. you said before that you don't vote anymore. <laughs> Correct. Uh, thank God this isn't on YouTube. We get uh, disbanded. Now, reaction earlier though, when you said I looked good in my shirt, but I wish we had that on YouTube. That was funny. I'm gonna go delete that immediately as soon as this is over. No, you can't do. Josh that. is just like super red in the face right now. I've never seen your face so red. You're just a giant red ball of head right now. I I don't know. I think it's I look so much darker on your screen than I do on mine. Like when because. For those that don't know, when I'm talking to the guys, I am on the TV behind them that you guys see on YouTube that usually has a graphic or something on it. It's just me back there, and it's I look dark as hell compared to what I'm looking at on my own screen, so it's it's a strange little thing. Let All right. Back, let me... I think anything else that we wanted to bring up? Embarrassing information or anything like that? I don't think so. The... Uh... You know, obviously they're going to get back out onto the practice field this weekend, mm -hmm. and hopefully we'll talk to them on Thursday. We will hear from Brent Vittables as well as Jed Fish in on an Alamable press conference that is in San Antonio. Correct? Yeah, yes. it's a it's a charity golf event they'll be attending as okay. part of the Alamo Bowl, so they'll speak to the media while they're there, and we'll be able to 
Which I, I wonder where are they playing it. I don't know if we've. I don't, Josh. I don't know if you've heard anything about uh, the Trey Moore kid from UTSA, but I do wonder if they're interested in him. If Brent maybe makes a trip over while he's in San Antonio, I would think that he would have to almost. You've got to talk to that kid. I mean, you've got to at least have the conversation because I mean, and guys, at some point, eventually Jeff Trailer is going to end up somewhere else. So. Mm-hmm it doesn't seem like a hard pitch to say, Hey man, you you can come play here and, and be a guy we're set sure. up. You can play in the sec. You can answer any questions you have, but I mean, I know some people think he is like a top two or three portal player. Like they, they think he's unbelievably good. All right. Uh, that's going to do it. We will, uh, don't forget Bob Prisbilla will be back, uh, with Eddie on the, uh, hoops report. That's going to be coming out Thursday. Uh, believe we're taping that Thursday, right? Yeah, we're going to tape it Thursday and release it either the Thursday evening or Friday morning. Okay. Got the game coming up on Saturday in uh, Tulsa, and hopefully OU fans show out, not just there on Saturday, but moving forward. I think this team is a lot of fun so far. I mean, their net rating's 15th in the country right now. It's crazy. Yeah, there's Moser's no one that done can... an unbelievable job turning the roster over as well as staying positive through what has been a hellacious first two years in which I think that I called for his job basically every morning on the radio. Yeah, there's there's no one that can say that this isn't a good product they're putting yeah, on the floor right it's, now. It's fantastic. And I don't know how it's going to go. I mean, Big 12 is going to be rough. And I mean, I think that they're even the teams coming into the Big 12, like they're BYU's, really good. BYU's Cincinnati's number one undefeated. in net rating. Yeah. BYU. BYU's up there. Cincinnati's up there. Oh, shoot. Houston, terrible. of course, with Kelvin's going to be great. Yeah. I can tell you, though, they're not going to finish 12th. They're picked 12th. In the yeah. conference, they're not going to finish. 12. I think that the realistic expectation right now should be if at the beginning of the year it was to get to the NCAA tournament, I think still just winning a game in the NCAA tournament and giving yourself a chance to get to the second weekend would be fun. But again, in the Big 12, if you can finish top seven, yeah, sixth or seventh or fifth, maybe the high side fifth, yeah. you're probably a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. So, it's uh, it's going to be a fun kind of spring here moving forward as we uh, kind of wrap up football. We should get Kellen Sampson on soon. That'd be awesome. Yeah. He'd definitely come on. He's been here before. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Uh, all right. That's going to do it. We could sit here and uh, wound about all day long. Wound about. Well, I don't know what that was. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> that's going to do it. We'll be back again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com.